0: at orderct.com slash Easter 24.
1: I was an, an atheist. My father was a refugee. Many of my family died in the Holocaust and he had escaped the Nazis to come to Britain. He was an agnostic. My mother didn't go to church and I encountered Jesus through reading the New Testament when I was in my first year at university.
0: You've tuned in to the Transforming Discipleship Podcast. That was a clip from Nikki. Gumble, the founder of Alpha Ministries, we had an awesome conversation about what happens to the human soul when it encounters Jesus, in spite of all the challenges that life can bring you, including the ones we're born into. Nikki talks about what happened in his own life as he met Jesus, and also what the small group ministries of Alpha can do for a person who's experiencing doubt which is a common thing that I've had in my own life, as well as many other people I know as they've wrestled with faith. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation that I had with Nikki. I sure did. And it was a blessing to my soul.
2: What was it like for you, Nikki, when you transitioned out of, you know, working in the legal field to working in ministry and kind of how that changed your trajectory your vocation and also in marriage.
1: So I did about ten years law, and I love my again. I love my job. That was an amazing job too, but nothing like as the job. I have the best job in the world. I mean, you, <laughs> when I was a lawyer, what I did in my spare time was ministry, because I, I was an atheist. My father was a refugee. Many of my family died in the Holocaust and he had escaped the Nazis to come to Britain. He was an agnostic. My mother didn't go to church, and I encountered Jesus through reading the New Testament when I was in my first year at university. I discovered that what Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. It's true. You want everybody to know that. And so since since that experience, in February, 1974, I spent the rest of my life trying to just tell people, look, it really is amazing. Jesus really did die for you. Jesus really was raised to life. You can have a relationship with God. There is a purpose to life. You are loved. You know, you can belong to this amazing community of people who love one another and where you find so many beautiful things. And so I I spent my life, the rest of my life, really doing that. But when I was a lawyer, I was doing that in my spare time. Now I get to do it full-time. Every day I get to, to read the Bible, to pray, to minister. Tomorrow night will be week eight of our 91st Alpha Small Group. When lockdown came, suddenly I, I, I thought Alpha Online, that would never work. And I, but I've been proved wrong so many times in my life. Mm. That was another occasion I was proved wrong. Actually, Alpha Online works even better than Alpha in person. And it's extraordinary. So this is a second course we've done online, and in the first course, only in our small group, so we, we had 1,600 guests in our church coming online, so these are mainly people outside the church. That's the biggest alpha course we've ever had when lockdown came. This time, again, we I, I, I should think we've had well over a 1,000 guests, So but in our, our group, we've got like 13 people, I think, in the group in total, and four of us, so nine guests, but... In the last group, out of the 16 in in that group, only one person dropped out. And in this group, no one has dropped out. One person didn't come for the weekend, which we did on a Saturday. But apart from that, it's a much higher retention rate. But it's so exciting to see these people who are totally outside of the church. When you go around the first night, you say, how do you come to be on Alpha? One of the guys said, well, I went on a, a date during lockdown. It was kind of like a blind date, but then I got locked down in Sweden. And this person said, you know, you really got to do Alpha. So this is why I've come. Another Hmm. person said, I've never been in a church in my life at all. But I'm 25, 25 years of age, never been in a church once in her life. Just come to explore. And you have this amazing conversations, average age 27, and they're discussing these issues together. And you get to watch this progression. And then we have a weekend, which we do on a Saturday, about the Holy Spirit. We pray for people. People have an opportunity to to give their lives, to encounter Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you hear their story. I can't wait for, for tomorrow night. G- we're going to hear the stories. We left Saturday at 12.30, all of them having been prayed for, mm. all of them having had amazing experiences. On Wednesday, we're going to get together. and So what difference has Jesus made since Saturday, the mm. first four years of your Christian life? What's it been
0: like? I can't wait to hear them. You know, what does being a lawyer compare with that? I love that after 91 of these groups, you still ooze with passion and excitement about what you're doing. It's very clear and genuine. And and what a blessing to be able to be doing something you feel so compelled and called to do. So it's it's a joy to be able to to just be in your presence and and experience that.
1: The greatest act of love that you can do for someone is to introduce them to Jesus. Yeah. So right now we're running in lockdown. The UK, as you know, is a very small country compared to the US. And there are lots of disadvantages to that. But one advantage is that you can all work together. So we've got together with all the churches across the UK. Church of England, Catholic, oh, Coptic wow. Orthodox, uh, Black Majority, uh, Pentecostal, every different part of the church. Baptist, we've all got together and we've run a campaign called Love Your Neighbour. Getting food, mm. the isolated, lonely. To the uh, and now we're running Love Christmas, which is to get an amazing. Uh, uh, well, we're a million. We're going to do a million Christmas boxes at least. Mm. Uh, at start. That's amazing. Um, That's the most vulnerable, and we're doing that all together. We're feed so we're feeding the hungry, to, to the to the homeless, to the families of people in prison, to the refugees, to the elderly isolated, to the families who are who wouldn't have toys at Christmas. So and we're all going together to do that. So that's like a unity across the church and feeding the hungry. So that's an act of love. It's love your neighbor. But the greatest act of love that you can do for anybody is to introduce them to Jesus. There's no Mm. greater act of love than that. Because if they encounter Jesus, that is going to transform their life. Jesus fed the 5,000, but Mm. he also preached the gospel to them. That's why the greatest privilege is to to lead someone, to, to to watch people. Which is what you do on Alfred. You watch people every week encountering Jesus for the first time. Well, you no have privilege in that
0: you're definitely challenging us and our listeners i think with with what is what is it what what are we here for what's the greatest thing that we can do yes introduce someone to jesus a relationship with jesus and and i love these four days that you're waiting to to re, reunite with your yeah, group and finding out what I, jesus has done in their midst yeah, yeah. it's it's completely out of your control yeah. you doesn't matter what you plan or don't plan i mean you can pray but you're really just going to encounter you're going to find out what they've experienced I want to ask you, and this is one of the things I like about Alpha. We were going to start Alpha uh, at our church uh, this past. We'd gone in January to Phoenix and gone to the uh, the conference, and we were so excited. I was so stoked to be able to start doing Alpha groups at our church. And then the pandemic hit, and we were kind of scratching our head. We weren't sure what to do. We we didn't feel equipped. We had a lot of other things we were trying to trying to navigate. So everything you've just shared with us is very helpful. So the first one we did online, which was the ninetieth course, that that I. Uh,
1: been involved in. I, I had no idea whether it would work. I, in fact, I didn't no. think it would work because, you know, I thought the meal together was so important, the weekend away was so important. But as we went around the first night, we said, one of the questions we asked, how'd you come to be here tonight? All bar one would not have been there but for the pandemic. What? They said, it's because I've got more time, because I'm locked down, because I'm now asking questions. Like, what's this life all about? Mm. Or just because it's online. We had a young mother with a three-year-old and a, and a three-month-old. And um, she said, I just couldn't do it if it wasn't online. Mm. And then actually the screens make people more open. There's some safety thing about being on a screen. Mm. And people are talking more openly on week two than they would on week five. And they can always play, press leave at any point. It's So it's actually easier on online than it is in person. And, and then the weekend because we normally go away for a weekend, and I thought, oh, that's not going to work. But we do it in two and a half hours on a Saturday. And we pray that prayer, come Holy Spirit.
2: Mm. And
1: here's the amazing thing. The Holy Spirit comes. Mm. Jesus healed people at a distance. Three times we read in the Gospels, Jesus healed people at a distance. And the Holy Spirit is not confused by Zoom. The Holy Spirit comes.
2: That's true. <laughs> he saw that coming.
1: <laughs> and, and you don't. And I always say to people, you don't need to be worried. The Holy Spirit is not going to give you COVID nineteen. That's mm. the one person you can invite into your heart is Jesus. He's not. He's. You aren't going to get any horrible disease from Jesus. Mm. And then you watch. You just watch this amazing experience. One young woman in the group last term. She just said, "I've been searching for love all my life." And now I realize I've been looking in the wrong places. Now at last I've found love in a relationship mm-hmm. with God. And you know what, what are people looking for? Everybody's looking for three things. Everybody's looking for love. Everybody wants to know that they're loved. And ultimately you only know that when you experience a relationship with God who loves you. Everyone's looking for purpose. And you can get, find other forms of purpose. Ultimately you'll only find purpose in a relationship with God. And everyone's looking to belong. And what, what happens in an alpha small group is people form the relationships. And at the end, they can't believe it. Here, these complete strangers are now the closest of friends. And, then, mm-hmm. and now with lockdown, they've never even met. And yet they are these relationships. They continue meeting after the end of the course. They form a small group because they found a place where they can belong, where they're loved, accepted, not judged, but accepted for who they are. I mean, that's what life is about, those three things. And every human being is looking for those three things. And ultimately, they're only found in a relationship with God through Jesus.
2: You mentioned, Nikki, that uh, the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And I wonder, you know, it seems like that's an expression of hospitality, that Jesus was always looking to kind of fulfill that need. And when I did Alpha that was one of the ways that I felt that sense of belonging, that there was this hospitality express, like people would welcome you when you came in the door and you would share dinner together. Could you talk about hospitality and Alpha? Yeah.
1: Well, that's very much part of Alpha is the food coming together, meeting each other, getting to know each other. And that's why I didn't think Alpha would work online. As soon as we can go back to meeting in person, we will, but we'll never stop running it online. And so there are disadvantages to running it online, which is the meal, the hospitality, having a whole weekend away together. But what I've found now, and I think it's actually outweighed by all the advantages of doing it online. Mm. And I think in many ways, Alpha works better online than it does in person. And I never, ever thought in a million years that I would say that. But now it's our second room. First one, I thought maybe it was just a one-off. Maybe the Holy Spirit was giving us a special blessing for online. But now (laughs) the second group, and it's it's also working. Nobody's dropped out. One person has attended a little bit sporadically. But the thing is, online, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can still join. And that's one of the things with meeting in person. A lot of people in central London are traveling, they're on business and so on, so their attendance is not every week. But online... Everyone comes every week, but it doesn't matter where they are in the world. COVID-19 is a horrible disease, as you know, but God can take horrible things and use them for good. The supreme example of that is the cross. He took the worst event in the history of the planet, the crucifixion of the Son of God, and he used it for the salvation of the world. So God can take something as horrible as as COVID-19 and use it in many ways for good. And I think he is doing it. One of the ways he's using it is to get people's attention. And yeah. I think that that's what we're finding, that this is an amazing opportunity for the church. There's, there's a book which I have on my desk called The Rise of Christianity. I don't know whether you know this book by Rodney Stark, no. who's a, oh, wow. a who is a sociologist, professor of sociology and comparative religion at the University of Washington. And the subtitle is How the Obscure Marginal Jesus Movement Became the Dominant Religious Force in the Western World in a Few Centuries. Chapter four is entitled... Epidemics.
2: Mm.
1: It was the epidemics of 165 AD and 251 that caused the explosive growth of the church. Because when the pandemic came, the pandemics came, the Christians ran towards it, whereas the pagans ran away. And as a result, when the pandemics were over, the church had grown in a spectacular way. So, although this is a horrible disease, this is an amazing opportunity for the church. So I said to our church, this is not a moment for the church to retreat. This is a moment for the kingdom of God to advance. And I think this is a moment still of huge opportunity. This is the greatest evangelistic opportunity in my lifetime. There's such a hunger out there, such an interest, and such an easy way to do it. You can explore online. Yeah. And that's what we're finding with our services on Sunday, too. We have far more people coming on Sunday than we ever had in person because there are a whole lot of people like Zacchaeus you know mm. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus but he didn't want Jesus to see him so he climbed mm. free <laughs> and, uh, if you want to
0: if you want to explore like Zacchaeus anonymously this is the moment. This is cool. the time. Yeah. yeah, this is the time, yeah. which everything you're saying, I mean, this is really helpful. And it's got me thinking in so many different directions right now. And I'm sure it's got people listening right now thinking a lot of directions, too. I'm thinking about the churches, at least in the Midwest and in parts of America that, that we, we know. I wonder if we've kind of fumbled the ball a little bit to some degree. I don't know if we've run towards the pandemic in the way you've just hmm. highlighted and and that's probably not true entirely in every context. Every context is unique. But in general, we've we've really, we've been scared. And we I don't know how, how well we've run out to be in the field, so to speak. Uh, it's not too late. Let's
1: not be late. It's not, not, late. Late. It's not it's too late. late. Yeah. It's not over yet. In the next six months is absolutely critical because <laughs> thank the Lord for the vaccine. But
2: mm. it, the next yeah. six
1: months is still an amazing opportunity for the church to really reach people who are going to be in some kind of semi-lockdown. This is a huge, huge opportunity. And what's going to follow also is there's going to be a huge amount of poverty. Even in places like the UK and America, there's going to be a huge amount of food poverty. There's going to be a need for debt counselling, helping people to get back into jobs because Mm -hmm. there's going to be a huge amount of unemployment. So this is a massive opportunity for the church The church has the infrastructure. The government doesn't have the infrastructure, but there'll be a church in every city and every town. It's a huge opportunity for for the church to meet the needs of the people.
0: Very prophetic words here, I think, from you, Nikki. And and it's encouraging to think about. It's not too late, as you just said. And we have in front of us, we're going to feel a reverberating effect of this pandemic for a decade, for for many years to come, COVID's functioned almost as like a magnifying glass on like issues that already existed. It's just brought them to the fore quicker and highlighted them quicker. And so things are crumbling faster. And that includes relationships, marriages, as we were talking about earlier in this episode, and all the way down to the the economic infrastructures that govern our, our societies. And I think we need to be prepared and Alpha is such a great opportunity of small group environments and our churches are such great spaces and amazing conduits for how the Lord can move in the lives of so many in the days and and years to come. So, COVID exploits weaknesses
1: in the human body. It exploits weaknesses wherever it is, just as it does in the human body. It looks out so it does in in churches, in organizations, in businesses. Uh, It'll exploit any weakness, but also it is a huge Opportunity. It's like some things have done really well in the time of COVID. Hmm. Like Zoom has done really (laughs) well.
2: They're thriving. They're thriving.
1: There are a lot of things. Anything digital has done really well. But the challenges for the church is this is the moment where, yeah, if the church can get onto the front foot, this is an amazing opportunity Hmm. for the church to do what the church is supposed to do, which is to care for the poor and to preach the gospel. If the church gets on with doing that and unites, because if the church is not united, no one's going to be interested, mm. But works together, not trying to be the best show in town, but trying to work with all the other churches in the area to cooperate, to mm. reach the poor and to the vulnerable in society, to get hot meals to doctors and nurses on the front line, to find out where the isolated elderly are and get to them and get their medicines that they need and all that stuff. And bring a message of hope, because ultimately it's only the church that has a message of hope. So we've got to get on the front foot and get out there and bring this message to a world that desperately needs it. And this is an amazing opportunity for the church.
2: I love that point that you brought up, Nikki, about Zacchaeus climbing up the tree to see Jesus and how these Zoom Bible studies or doing Alpha on Zoom might be a way of people who are kind of on the fringe or unsure about Christianity, getting sort of a sneak peek of who Jesus really is. How do you think that might play out further? What could ministry leaders do to kind of continue to show the love of Christ to people who are unsure about Christianity? What
1: we found with Alpha is that there are a huge number of young people. The average age of Alpha on on Alfred HCB is 27. And the vast majority of the guests are aged between 18 and 35. And there's a huge spiritual hunger amongst that group. They're not interested in church. A lot of them have rejected the church. They're so put off by the scandals, by maybe some of them. A lot of them have no experience in England. This is not probably true in a lot of America, but possibly on the coasts it is. A lot of them have no experience of church at all. Their parents rejected church. They were not brought up going to church. They have no idea what happens in church, but they are spiritually hungry because mm. they're asking questions. And you know, it's like they're asking the big questions. Like the first night of, of Alpha Last Term when we because one of the questions we ask is, How would you come to be here tonight? Another question we asked is, if you could ask God one, if it turned out there was a God after all, and you could ask one question, what question would that be? So I um, the first question that somebody said was, Where have you been? You know, why did you allow this, this mm-hmm. to happen? Another one asks, what happens when we die? Will I mm. see my granny again? So these are, these are fundamental questions. I and mean, the first one's about why does God allow suffering? Second one is about, mm. about life after death. So these are, are massive questions that people are asking. But where can you go and discuss these questions? Because in our society, there are not many places you can go and have that kind of discussion. If you're not a Christian, of course, if you're brought up in the church, if you're a Christian, we all know church. But if you're not a Christian, where do you go to discuss the big questions of life? You can't go to a football match and then just say to your friend, you know, what do you think the purpose of life is? People don't do that. Uh, they don't <laughs> go to a bar and discuss the purpose of life. So when they come into an alpha group and people are talking about things that really matter, I mean, every night is a fascinating discussion. The first night we often ask, "What makes you happy?" The next night we, it's about Jesus. What do you feel about Jesus? What do you think about Jesus? The mm. next one's on the cross. It's like forgiveness. What do you, what do you feel about forgiveness? Do you find it hard to forgive? What's the hardest thing that you've had to forgive? You know, what, oh. what do you feel about? I mean, you cannot believe how interesting the discussions are. You know, <laughs> prayer. Have you ever tried praying? It's so fascinating. People are not Christians to hear about their their experience of. Have sometimes, sometimes people say, no, I've never prayed in my life. Well, that's interesting. Even mm. in the biggest crisis, you never pray. But most people have some experience. Yeah, no, I did try praying. Or the, It's just so interesting.
0: Every discussion is just riveting. What I love about Alpha and everything you've just described and everything everything I've learned about Alpha, and we were so excited to be able to begin running it in our churches, is that it it really teaches, even people who've grown up in church, it teaches us how to ask the right questions and how to listen, how mm-hmm. to become people who can be present with the uncertainty, the doubt, and not have to come up with all the answers because that's the ten- tendency sometimes, especially in, in a lot of church culture, we, we want to have the answers. And, and Alpha gives you permission almost to say, let Jesus have the answers, let the Holy Spirit have the answers, and, and you just ask the questions and get the people thinking and, and be there to listen and have a good dialogue. And I think Alpha is doing such a wonderful job of creating space and culture that is very Jesus-like, where Jesus would sit with someone, they would ask him a question, and he would often respond to them with another question. And it's brilliant. You've got it. You've got it,
1: Oliver. That is exactly what Alpha is all about. It's not about preaching at people. It's about asking them questions. There's a talk, yeah, and there's now a film series that's out there that people can, which presents the basic Truth very succinctly of mm. you know, Jesus is about his death on the cross, the resurrection, um, uh, why we should pray, how we should, you know, how we can pray, why the Bible helps us to communicate, how we listen to God through the Bible, and so on. So that's like 20, 20 25 minutes. But then the rest of it is, what do you think? What do you feel? And mm. that's what makes it so fascinating, because, and then they're talking to each other and answering each other's questions. And that's what makes it riveting. Mm. Um, and, and that's why, you know, every, I love every group because there's a, the verse in Proverbs, the heart of a human being is like a deep well. And mm. the person draws it out. And every, you just think about every guest that comes on Alpha is a deep well. And our task is to draw out from that deep well. Yeah, Isn't that beautiful? That's so beautiful. Uh, and that's what makes the discussions uh, amazing because we're drawing out from that deep well that is in every human heart and learning about that person Mm. and the other people in the group are learning about that person. And then there's this connection. And what happens on Alper the first night people come like they're, they're, they're sort of putting out their strengths, but as people get to know each other, the barriers come down. And what you realize is that that we may impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our vulnerabilities.
2: Mm. And
1: as people start to say, well, actually, this is what's going on in my life and often quite early, particularly online. You know, the very first night of our online, people were saying, I'm addicted to drugs, or I'm addicted mm. to alcohol. And that would never, normally that would be right to the end of the course that people were saying things like that. But this was people saying it like, first week. Wow, uh, they really opened up. They were, they, yeah, yeah. Or I'm struggling with a relationship, I've just come out of a really difficult relationship, and I'm really struggling with this, or whatever. And people are very open. But the moment you say something like that, or you know, I was I was abused, as I was physically abused when I was a child, or something like that. Mm. The connection uh, immediately you feel you really know that person, and you, you the empathy and the connection with that person is so great. And this happens in an extraordinary way. Now it it happened in person by you know by the end, and sometimes not until the reunion that you have like. Mm. A, a month later, you get together as a small group. You have a bit of a reunion, and then sometimes it would come out that everybody had been either seeing a counselor about something or or was going to a AA group or an NA group or something. And these are people who are look so sorted; they've got fantastic jobs, good-looking, cool young people, and yet you discover underneath they're really struggling
2: mm. with
1: some issue in their in their life, and it's just. It's just an, a phenomenal thing to watch. But then you watch the healing that take place in a relationship with Jesus and how Jesus transforms their lives and marriages to come back to where we started. And that's one of the things that, yeah. that we discover is that it's an encounter with Jesus that can radically transform marriage. Because Jesus, of course, his, the first miracle in Cain of Galilee was to mm. turn water into wine. And that's what he does with marriages. He turns the water of quite an ordinary marriage into wine and something that's really beautiful. That's Jesus transforms everything that we do. And, and it's not how the world thinks of Jesus. The world doesn't think of Jesus as a party goer, but Jesus was, you know, Jesus knew how to enjoy a party and he knew how to turn water into wine. And the world thinks that he'll do the opposite. He thinks he'll take your wine and turn it into water. Actually, he takes whatever is in your life. That's what I thought before. You know, I didn't want to become a Christian because I thought it would, uh, Jesus would take away all the things that were fun.
2: Yeah, I remember you saying that on some other interviews. Yeah. And and then what did you find to actually be the case after now that you've been a Christian for so long?
1: I just feel so blessed that I encountered Jesus at 18. And I would say to people, the best time to encounter Jesus is when you're zero. Uh, you know, what? why waste 18 years of your life before you have a relationship with God because that's what we're created for, and it's in that relationship we find the meaning and purpose of our lives. And Jesus said, "I came that you might have life and have it in all its fullness." So, so why wouldn't you want that?
2: Mm. Uh,
1: that's like the pearl of great price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's exactly that, and and it, and the the point of that parable is it's worth selling everything to get the pearl of great price. Nothing else of, of real importance compared. To the knowledge of, of
0: the person who made you, you had so much to share with us today, and I, I'm just very grateful for your time, and your expertise, your knowledge, your passion. Uh, it just exudes out of you, and I know, um, on behalf of Kelsey and I, and all those who are listening to the podcast, we are grateful for you. We're thankful for both you and Pippa and everything you guys have been doing to offer leadership and and care for the Alpha organization and ministry. Uh, we, we're we blessed and uh, you really are doing a wonderful thing for both those who are far from God, as well as those who've grown up right inside God's family, but maybe are still far from him in, in a different way. So we appreciate your wisdom. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you Oliver, and thank yeah. you, Kelsey. I have greatly enjoyed being with both of you. Thank you very much for having
2: me. Thank you for making the Alpha program, because I know it was an encouragement to me when I took the course, even after being a Christian for 28 years, Um, going back to the basics is a really good thing to do.
1: Oh, thanks, Kelsey. That's lovely to hear that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you
0: for having me. Much love. God bless. This episode of the Transforming Discipleship podcast was brought to you by smallgroups.com, a ministry of Christianity today. We wanna thank all the ministry leaders who are tuning into this episode. If you are finding this podcast generally helpful for your ministry, would you do three things for me? Would you, one, subscribe to our YouTube channel. There you can see clips, videos of our podcast recordings. Would you also give us a five-star rating on iTunes? And then finally, um, if you are finding this helpful, will you subscribe? to smallgroups.com today. We have all kinds of plans that will meet your budget. And we want you to know that with this subscription, you're going to have access to hundreds of Bible studies and various tools that will help you train your small group leaders and so much more. Until next time, my friends, God bless.